Okay, keep going. Now I'm on the podcast. So what's a podcast? Hello and welcome back to What You Talking, a Kim's Convenience podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike. And I'm Ruby. And just a quick disclaimer, this episode may be leaning on 14A with strong language. <laughs> <laughs> and today we have two special guests. In this corner is a fan favorite, living in the true North strong and free. He stands at 5'8", weighing at 215 pounds. He's steaming and he's compact like a rice cooker. Someone who Jin Yoon has said has a dead-on Ajushi voice. Here's Jay! Ah, thank you! I'm glad to be back to speak to all you uh, crazy Kim convenience fans. I love it. <laughs> and in this corner, living in sunny California, she stands at five foot something, weighing at a hundred whatever pounds. The closest thing to Janet in real life. Welcome the challenger, and Jay's sister, Kara! Hi, everyone. Wow, that could have, you know, been a real bad start, Michael. <laughs> and, uh, we don't know how much. <laughs> Way to start so, some controversy. <laughs> so glad to finally have you both on. Uh, I mean, I grew up with the both of you, and we always have a crazy-ass time whenever we're uh, together laughing about our childhood but uh finally glad to get Kara on i know Kara's busy in her in california plus i'm bad with using the computer so mike <laughs> i'm sure was swearing at me all week when we're trying to get set up it's all good it's all but good it's we all, finally yeah yeah it's all expected he knows me well enough so <laughs> now this is totally full circle reminds me of how we were small kids and we used to produce our own radio show so nothing's really changed that, that's true and here we are and we're actually having an audience <laughs> yeah. so um of course yeah welcome to the show Kara. and uh Thanks. so let's get started in terms of kim stuff i know you've been watching for a while what are your favorite episodes um i think my favorite episodes are the ones where it's Appa interacting with people outside of his family. Okay. Um, one of them that sticks out was when <laughs> he had to write the reference letter for Gerald. <laughs> 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 and you know how Appa, like, he's so proud and he always has to prove a point. Yeah. And that was the episode where they're trying to do the English signs in the store. And oh. him and Amma were having the competition about who actually had um, <laughs> the best grammar. And there's some, <laughs> there's some pretty funny signs that came up. <laughs> and uh, what I like about the show is that, you know, Koreans are usually very conservative. Yeah. But then it brings up topics that, you know, you wouldn't normally see Koreans talk about. Like with yep. that sign, you know, with yeah. the bathroom about the woman part. Yep. So it was very refreshing. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, I just like seeing how Appa interacts with kimchi as well. So any oh. episodes, you know, where he's trying to get along with the younger generation and just seeing him trying to find his way, you know, as an immigrant, like he's... Trying yeah. to figure out like where he fits in and also show everyone what 
Korean heritage is all about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's what I really like about Kim's convenience. It's a way to show the world, hey, this is what Korean pride is all about. And a lot of Koreans are, you know, <laughs> they're always <laughs> boasting about their culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, I take it then your favorite character is Appa at, that, at this I point? I think, yeah, I think Appa, just because he gets himself in scenarios where he's trying to prove a point and he goes out of his way. Yeah. <laughs> like the episode where he's trying to show, oh, I'm not just a store owner. But then his <laughs> customers come in and then they recognize him right away. <laughs> you know? that, was, that was one of my favorite moments too. He's just standing there. It's like, hey, uh, aren't you supposed to? Why Why do you think I work here? It's like, because you're wearing slippers and you're always here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, how about you, Jay? Any favorites in season three and four? You know what? I can't really s- say I have a favorite one. I, w- I loved all of them. Um, one of my favorite uh, scenes is where uh, Pastor Nina copies um, Appa's Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically a strong Korean expression of wow! Seeing something <laughs> impressive or bad news. Like, for example, when he walked in on Pastor Nina making up with Jimmy. Opens up the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are classic moments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially the whole Pastor Nina Jimmy thing. No one saw that coming. But not that, any... The the one that trumps that is the whole Janet and Gerald thing. But that's a whole other podcast, so... <laughs> okay, so today we're going to circle around a few topics. Now, the one thing most talked about, Kim's, is the right balance between comedy and drama. We all cry when Janet and Appa have that beautiful moment and laugh when Shan... Uh, dances around really awkward scenarios. But the thing that's really great is that they touch on those edgy and modern topics. And for the four of us Asian Canadians, it's relatable, or at least some of it. (laughs) So we're going to go through a few topics and ask, is it Korean or Asian, Canadian, or just comedy? Uh, Meaning, are these situations uniquely Asian or something we've experienced in Canada, being Canadian, or is it just comedy? Um, now the one thing that I kind of want to give is background. Of course, you've heard Ruby and I talk a lot about ourselves, but maybe, uh, Jay, you can give some background how you guys grew up. So, well, my sister and I, we grew up in a town called Marilia, um, which I, uh, I, I mentioned in a, in one of uh, the very first, uh, episodes. And so really it's a town of about 30,000 uh, people. It's about an hour and a half north of uh, Toronto. And growing up, Kara and I were one of the only Korean Canadians in the uh, in the neighborhood. So a lot of interesting stories, uh, a lot of interesting stories of prejudice, um, cultural appropriation, misappropriation. Um, also trying to fit in uh, with uh, uh, how should I say uh, a, a homogenous type of. Uh, uh, a culture, yeah, so, a lot of a lot of stories, tons and tons of stories. Okay, okay, and uh, and at this time, Kara she moved to uh, California. Uh, what was it? About five years ago, six years ago now. Um, I think we're coming on six or seven now. Holy oh, crap! Wow. Fast. I know, right? <laughs> nice. And of course, uh, you probably have. 
I guess, experienced different things in the last five, six years unique to, I mean, we've been in Canada all this time, but uh, you've had the great experience of being in... uh, the United in, States in, of America. In this particular time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Uh, and of course, me, I, I, I had a Chinese dad and a Korean mom, and I basically grew up in the greater Toronto area, uh, well, north of Toronto somewhere. But yeah, I, I had a bunch more Asians living around us, but that was more later in my childhood, so... That's my experience in Ruby. Well, I've grown up in the greater Toronto area as well. Um, first half of like my childhood was more so in the Asian communities, and then we moved more south, so then it became totally non-Asian population. Melbourne. <laughs> yes. So that was a little bit different. And then also throughout my university life, because I was more in arts and literature, it was also not as heavily Asian. I remember being in drama classes where it's just pure non-Asian people, and I was definitely the minority. <laughs> okay, so let's get started. Uh, so in season three, Thy Neighbor's Wi-Fi, Janet offends a server by saying she wants to take a look at her box. Uh, Janet feels guilty that and thinks she's racist, claiming she made a white guy mistake because... How many times have I been mistaken for another Asian girl? And uh, so, yeah, let's ask, is this Asian, Canadian, or just comedy? Why don't we have Jay start on this one? I would say it's a mix of Asian and also comedy as well, too. Um, Speaking on the Asian part, I remember many times um, as a kid growing up in Aurelia, how, um, again, being one of the only Asian kids around if there was another asian they'd automatically assume we were related so let's say another asian kid walked by i'd always hear all kinds of funny comments like hey is that your brother is that your cousin and so they assumed (laughs) that we all knew each other we were all related (laughs) yeah i've had that happen before too (laughs) how about you kara um well (laughs) it's funny because um from my experience like i was used to being around mainly white people growing yeah. up in a really like I was the only Korean kid. And then I went to Western, which is um, pretty, yeah, it's pretty majority Caucasian people as well. Mm-hmm. And I actually wound up just mainly hanging around with white <laughs> friends <laughs> just because that's what I was used to. Right. But I remember there'd be s- situations where there'd be like an Asian guy and then my friends would be like, oh, Kara, you guys would make a good couple. And I would just be like, well, just because he's Asian doesn't mean that we're going to make a good couple. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that's that's racist. But, you know, I just laugh it off. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I have, I think I've had a very different experience because when I was younger, like Mike said, I grew up in Malvern. So they were all non-white. White people were also a minority in my community. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I've gotten called names because, you know, Chinese people are just the minority in the area. However, so I think for this episode where Janet felt guilty and she thought she was racist afterwards, um, she was just building on her own guilt because she made a joke that was kind of sexist in a way because she was saying she wanted to check out the, the server's box. But I mean, a lot of these things, some people nowadays might call it 
unconscious bias and things like that, which is what I think the episode was trying to touch on. Because when she went back to apologize, she basically asked for a server that was a certain height, who had like braids in her hair. And it just so happened there there are two servers of the same ethnicity with braids in their hair around the same height. And then when she went up to her, she didn't recognize her. But how often would you totally remember what your server looks like? How often do you remember your server's name? Like when we go into restaurants. So I just, I don't know if she was building on her own guilt and caused it to, to seem like she was being racist. And then she just freaked out over that a little bit. Or if it was actual unconscious bias. Huh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. I've been mistaken for a lot of other people. This happened happens to me a lot. But it's also uh, the most common thing that happens to me is especially when I'm in something like a Best Buy and I'm wearing a stupid blue shirt and people come up to ask me for like tech advice. And it's like, <laughs> I'm in tech, but I don't actually work here. It's a freaking dresser. Look at them. They're wearing freaking T-shirts. Anywho, that, that, that's, that's usually what happens to me. I, on the flip side, I have uh, actually mixed up Asian people before. It, it actually was somebody that I was dating and they were twins, but yeah, they didn't work out. So we'll just skip that. <laughs> like going on the comedy aspect of, uh, about it, um, going on, stepping away from the, uh, the, uh, the culture racial aspect of it. I've had many instances where I was at a bar or a nightclub wearing a black t-shirt and someone always missed, they always thought I was a security guard or a bouncer there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's because you're jacked. Yeah. 5'8 yeah. <laughs> and 215 pounds. You are jacked, man. <laughs> and the funny thing is that's actually how I got recruits to work in clubs. Because I remember one time working at a bar and um, the actual club manager came up to me. And he's like, hey, what's your name? When did you start working? And I had a drink in my hand. I'm like, um, I don't work here, sir. And then he, and he was like, oh, okay. But we are hiring. Would you like to work here? And then the following week, the following weekend, I end up working at that bar. Nice. <laughs> That's when biases work towards you. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on to the next one. Season three, there was also Appanoon Delight. Appanama Popeye, Janet's Place Unannounced Generally. And generally in the series, they always come in without announcing. Uh, so what's your take on that, Jay? I'd say that's just comedy because I know in our family, um, we always give each other a heads up when we're going to visit. I've had, I can't really name any instances where I've had my parents or relatives just stop by unannounced, um, just show up out of the blue. So that's just comedy. That's just, I guess just the comedy, um, spur of the moment, um, type of action that they have on the show. Okay. Kara? Well, well, Mike, I have a good example. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah. So your mom actually wants to pop into our place to drive all the way to Aurelia unannounced <laughs> to surprise my parents. And then she'll bring a whole bunch of food, like huge sushi tray and dock for my dad. And my parents are like, what the heck? They're shocked. But, you know, they drove the full way. So they can't turn away. <laughs> so, I think it's uh, 
Michael's mom thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I guess I was going to say it's an Asian thing. But yeah, my parents, they have a habit of doing that. They they don't (laughs) announce when they're coming and then they come. Uh, uh, In university, um, they would drive three hours to come see me, but wouldn't let me know until five minutes before they got there. So I'd be like (laughs) half asleep. It'd be like nine something. Be like, yeah, we're almost here. I'm like, almost where? It's like, you're almost here in <laughs> Kingston. Why are you here? And then I, I come down like five minutes, ten minutes late, and they'd be like, why were you late? It's like, why are you here? <laughs> and similarly, Kara and I used to live together, and I remember a few times they would call me five minutes before they come, and I'm just waking up like, oh, shit. So I go to Kara, yo, my parents are coming, and then you'd be in your jams and just half awake like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, so they're coming, so I don't know what you're going to do, just just whatever. And then they show up, and th- that would yeah. be that. Yeah, I guess that hasn't I, changed. Because I- <laughs> <laughs> they show up at our doorstep randomly. <laughs> and then Mike would call me and tell me, oh, my dad's on his way. I'm on my way home, but he might beat me, so just make sure you're at the door to meet him. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's a nice thing, even though you may have laughed about it or we're still laughing about it. Yeah. But I think it's it's a nice thing because I remember when I was in university, like my dad would drop me off at Western mm-hmm. and then come like Thanksgiving, I'd be like, are you coming to pick me up? And you're like, no, just get a ride with someone else. <laughs> like, I don't want to see my parents. Like at Christmas time after myself getting a ride home. <laughs> Yeah, my mom never picked me up in Waterloo either. It was always me trying to find a way home. But then, Exactly, like take the bus. Yeah, take the bus yeah. or get a ride with friends. But then she would drop me back if I needed it. Um, and I guess that was her way. But then it was always according to her schedule because she preferred to drive at night. She didn't like it when there's too many cars. Um, but yeah, so she never surprised me when I was far away from home. I guess well, not as far as you guys, but yeah. Yeah, Mike just shows your parents love you. I know. (laughs) That's how they show their love. Definitely. They pop up unannounced. They always sneak attack. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's a sneak attack. They do these random trips. (laughs) Okay, let's move on from my parents. (laughs) I'm going to hire a cleaner, Mrs. Ada, to help the Ada family. Uh, but Amma is even more self-conscious of her cleaning and tries to kind of pre-clean before Mrs. Ada. Now, regarding this whole kind of situation of having a cleaner and Amma being conscious about things being clean, would you guys say that's Asian, Canadian, or just comedy? Uh, let's start with Kara. I think it's just a Canadian thing because we're so polite. Okay. And it's just trying to make the other person feel comfortable. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know, Hmm. because I think in general, Koreans don't really hire cleaners. (laughs) I don't think it's really part of their culture. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, How about you, Jay? I know we talked about this before. It's definitely comedy, because I know Koreans, they're clean freaks, and they want to do it themselves, because um, uh, a true Korean trait I find with a lot of people, even our families that were stubborn, and we have a certain way of doing things. So if they hired the cleaner, they would probably fire the cleaner within a half hour. 
scrubbing the plate properly. Oh, how come, uh, how come you uh, clean the toilet uh, counterclockwise? You have to clean it clockwise. That's the best way to get rid of all the dirt and the grime. Like, uh, for example, I, you know, growing up, I noticed that uh, our homilies, our grandmas were mm-hmm. such clean freaks, and they were, they were probably even cleaner than Molly maids because they would take the time going on their hands and knees to scrub the floors, meticulously wash dishes, clean washrooms, vacuum. Everything was very, um, um, I'd say, regimented, almost army-like to the mm-hmm. point where you could <laughs> – put a microscope or a magnifying glass on let's say a table or floor and you would not even see germ cells mm-hmm. Ooh, that's true that's true Ajima. well i mean i can i can say for my my mom she's mm. super super clean when i go there i feel like i should probably go home and clean up more <laughs> <laughs> uh how about ruby anything well, to add I think for this instance, Amma, like you said, Amma hired Mrs. Ada to help out the Ada family, right? It wasn't because mm-hmm. she was trying to hire a cleaner, but I think she just felt like she was going to get judged if Mrs. Ada finds like things dirty. So that's mm-hmm. why she's pre-cleaning. And, and I think that's a mindset for a lot of people. Um, like when I go to the dentist, I don't want the dentist to find my teeth super dirty because mm-hmm. I'd be judged. I don't know if that's an Asian thing, but <laughs> I try to brush my teeth before I go, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, in terms of judging, I, I think that's a very personal thing. I uh-huh. mean, a lot of the times I don't care about these things. But, um, yeah, in particular with the cleaning, I can relate where my mom, she when she knows somebody's coming, she will, like, mm. she will scrub everything down, like, a hundred <laughs> times to make sure it's, like, really nice. <laughs> It doesn't matter yeah. who's coming. It could be like the guy who's repairing the the, the furnace. She will make sure everything's clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. My parents never hired anyone to clean just because um, financially it wasn't responsible to do so um, back in the day. And for us, I think we only got cleaners when we were selling and buying houses because obviously that's a very different story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need deep cleaning. Um, but I know in Hong Kong, like for Chinese people, it's quite a norm to have maids to clean their houses. Ah, that's true. But yes. I think it's also because it's really cheap. Just like how uh, Mr. Mehta mentioned back in back in India, he had like 10 maids and people doing everything for him, which, right? Which is a point we're going to get to later, so I'm going <laughs> to pause you right All there. Right. <laughs> That'll be a good one to come back to. All right, in season four, the troll-up, uh, there's that whole thing with the burger pop fry thing. Uh, Jung Chi or Jung and Kimchi feel uncomfortable with Shannon using the accent and retelling that story. Uh, so they call her out on it. And Kimchi and Jung also get called out on doing their accent. And, you know, then you have Stacy, who's amazing in that show. Uh, she says, Yeah, it's because you're Chinese. <laughs> like, uh, no, oh, they're boy. Korean. Classic, <laughs> classic topic. <laughs> uh, all right, let's start with Jay. I'm sure you got a good story. Oh, tons of stories about this kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Um, I remember growing up in high school, a lot of the kids used to come up to me and they would all of a sudden start talking in an Asian accent. And I'm thinking to myself, why are you talking like that? I've got no accent. And so a lot of times the kids would be like, Oh, Jay Parker, how are you? Don't talk like that. And I remember I had this one memory where I totally lost it on one of my classmates. I think I was in grade nine and we were in English class. 
And at the time, we could bring food to her class. So one of my uh, classmates was seen behind me, and I could hear him slurping these noodles louder, mm -hmm. louder and louder and louder. So I turned back, and he's staring at me. And he goes, oh, Chepaka, I eat Asian noodles. What? Whoa. And so I totally lost it. I remember I grabbed the noodles and I dumped it on his head. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, that that's very offensive. I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's a bunch of sodium on his head. Take that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> He's probably bald from all that extra salt. <laughs> Yeah, the funny, the funny thing is, he, I, I have on my face, we're actually good buddies to this day, and he is bald, so. Oh, it's karma. Because he, he used to have really long, like, long hair into a ponytail, and then the last couple of years, I guess he lost it all, and he ended up shaving his head because he's balding, so um, mm. I got the last laugh there. <laughs> they, got, they got to add that disclaimer to uh, instant noodles. May cause uh, baldness. baldness. Don't pour it on your head. <laughs> Don't pour on the head. <laughs> all right, Kara, anything to add? Yeah, it's a funny thing. You know, when I did see Shannon using her accent, it just made me feel, ugh. <laughs> and it's something, <laughs> even though I laughed, you still get that uncomfortable yeah. feeling. Yeah. And I think that's something that unless you're Asian, you can't really understand it. And so I think that them calling out Shannon is a way to be like, okay, yeah, you don't really realize our perspective mm -hmm. and you should by not using the accent, even though we're <laughs> using the Asian accent. <laughs> it's a weird thing. Like it seems hypocritical but mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's that weird kind of line we all dance on uh, yeah especially... like it just shows like there's so many subtleties yeah. <laughs> to it uh ruby anything to add i think yeah i think the the whole scene there brought up a really good point it's like if kimchi and jung are korean why are they allowed to do like a Chinese accent because it's not their own culture. And then when they were, when Jung was also doing the Australian accent, why is it okay for an Asian person to do an Australian accent, but not the other way around? So it's kind of like, I felt like the show and the writers really wanted to bring that to light. Is yeah. it double standards? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. like just because you're a minority, does that give you the right to do the other accents? Um, but one thing I thought about was British accents because... British people are kind of like Canadians. They have a mix of different cultures, but everyone it's a very distinctive accent that you can tell whether or not you're Asian, you're Caucasian, whatever your culture or background is, if you just hear the voice in that accent, you can't tell what they are. So mm -hmm. if people were imitating that, is that being racist? Hmm. Yeah, so it was just it was it was it was thought provoking for me, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Huh, okay." For myself, I never do accents because they always come out wrong. Um, <laughs> so I try not to do them anyways. Um, but like growing up, I don't think I've had too many people like making fun of me with accents. I've been called names like chink and stuff, but it didn't offend me because I felt like I was strong enough to stand up for myself and it didn't really matter. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've, I'm really guilty of using accents, um, but... <laughs> And I've learned through this show never to do Korean accents outside of my family because I'm really bad at it after especially <laughs> listening to myself. 
but yeah, I, I, when I talk about, especially my mom or my uncles, I use their voices a lot, or at least I think I'm using their voices. It probably sounds bad. Uh, but in the same sort of way that Janet tries to imitate Appa, it kind of, it's mm. like she's saying what he's saying, kind of what she hears, but not quite the same. Uh, but with all that being said, I think even if you do it, if you like self-reflect and figure out what that actually means, like you can kind of learn from it. I, I don't think anybody's perfect in this. I think we've all done it at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just being conscious about it. Mm-hmm. And and we live in a society where it's good that we're all conscious about it, that sure. uh, we're not outwardly, I don't know, having to dump instant noodles on people's heads. I'm glad that we're kind of at that stage now. Yeah, and I think it's going to just keep changing the more we realize mm-hmm. that... Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> That's true, I know some certain cases people can take it very, um, very sensitive to it or take it as a fancy certain sure. experiences oh, they yeah. went through as well. Like now I can look back and laugh at the certain accent people did to me or whatever. But like back then, I didn't find it funny. I found it very offensive. Here I am minding my own business and you're, mm-hmm. you know, mocking, you know, my culture or you're trying to mock the culture you think I am part of, right. and assuming mm-hmm. that I'm, um, you know, this type of Asian or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that just laughing at it, that's kind of like a defense mechanism to deal with it, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. in the moment, it's just awkward, so you just laugh. For sure. And I think that's the great thing about Kim's is that it brings these kind of things to light. I mm-hmm. mean... Uh, we were just talking with a, a, doing another podcast the other day and he, the guy that we were interviewing was saying that he just introduced this show to somebody else, uh, one of his friends on Twitter and that, uh, he, his friend was saying back to him, oh, you know, some sort of accents coming back. And then, a f- uh, some time later, he realized what he did, or using the accents, he felt bad about what he did. Yeah, and he apologized, saying, you know, I really didn't mean to offend you when I did it, but it was, like, something unconscious, and he was just trying to be funny. So, yeah, he really thought about it after he saw some of the episodes. <laughs> okay, so in Season 4, The Help, uh, at Janet's photo exhibit, Mrs. Taylor thinks that Amma is the help, based on what she's wearing. And Amanapa find it funny, but Janet finds it racist. A good example of this um, misidentity or whatever is I remember one time going to um, a, ch- a Chinese restaurant with uh, my mom. And so I remember, um, I guess it was a buffet and we're in the lineup. And then some lady comes up to my mom and she goes, oh, um, do you work here? you know where I can get takeout? So she, my mom was kind of taken aback. And oh. so it was almost a similar situation that uh, Jan, Jan, Janet and uh, Omar were in the episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Ruby, anything to add? I think, um, I think in this case, the episode was trying to bring up unconscious bias once again. And Janet just assumed that mrs taylor was had unconscious bias because she saw amma as you know this asian woman standing by the food but then amma had very valid points she was 
wearing like very similar clothing to what a server was wearing and she was standing right there and she continued to help her without correcting her so i thought that was kind of funny um but if if it were a caucasian person standing there wearing a white dress shirt and black pants would mrs taylor have still made the same mistake i personally think it's possible like i don't think Mm -hmm. it was necessarily an unconscious bias thing but of course later on in the episode when mrs taylor was like oh yeah i have a daughter daughter-in-law and she what was she (laughs) oh she's sri lankan yeah Yeah. and i'm like okay now there's a problem but (laughs) that's besides the point (laughs) um for myself i think one one thing that i remember happening was in i think it was in grade eight um my cousins came from hong kong and we had to we had we rented a house to live with them because my aunt wanted to see if if it's a good area for them if it's a good um environment for them to grow up in so that my mom was like okay we'll live together i'll look after your kids and whatever else so i had to change schools when i changed schools i don't know why the school didn't look at my like grades or my marks or anything but they automatically put me into esl french oh yeah me i got put in an esl and i was like but i was good enough to be in french immersion like, I had 90s in French. So when I was in ESL French, I was really confused. And I was helping all these Asian people because they really couldn't speak French. And they were also new to the country. And the teachers realized within, the, like, the first class, it's like, wait a minute, she's not supposed to be in this class. <laughs> so I personally found that quite offensive, especially being an education system. And you can see my history of grades. I didn't say anything because I was in grade eight. I was a kid. But yeah, that I thought was very unconscious bias. Yeah, actually, I should correct myself. I wasn't in ESL French. I was in ESL, period. <laughs> and this, what? Yeah. I didn't know this story. Wow. Yeah, th- this is uh, in grade two or three when I just started in my new area because my parents, we moved around a lot when I was a kid. So when I ended up in uh, Richmond Hill, I went to this new school, this Catholic school, and I was a very quiet kid, so. Oh, no. But and the other thing was, I was in an area that was mostly uh, there are a lot of European descent people, mainly Italians in that area, and you know, as a kid, I was really shy and I was really quiet. I didn't say a lot, so they just threw me in ESL for whatever reason. But they realized probably after. I think I got like two weeks out of that. Oh, wow, <laughs> two weeks because wow. they realized. Wait, th- this kid knows how to what all these words are and completely understands what I'm seeing. And then I I got thrown back in regular English class. So, yeah. See, at least you were in a non-Asian area. I was in a school in Markham. Yeah, that's pretty bad. And I guess they just assumed all Asians can't speak French. So that was very (laughs) offensive for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, I was Uh, terrible at French. I always flunked. I always got C's and D's in French. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm I, a language person. <laughs> I guess it doesn't help that in high school I didn't do so well in English for whatever reason. <laughs> but yeah, English no. was I'm, just I'm the opposite. You should have stayed in ESL. <laughs> should have rolled that out. <laughs> Two weeks wasn't long enough. <laughs> it didn't force his brain to like learn. <laughs> no. 
Uh, oh, I hated English, having to like talk uh, about like literature and all that stuff. Analyze stories and oh. bring up. You're doing that in podcast. I podcasts. know, and now I'm doing that now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All that using back to devices. <laughs> <laughs> it all Man. comes back. English oh. is helpful. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. a 98 student. <laughs> so this is why you're you don't usually come in with prep any with anything, and you're good. Me, I got to write full notes here. (laughs) Okay, uh, season four, thinking about inking. uh, Mr. Meta and Appa compared their lives in Canada versus their lives uh, before. So Mm. Appa was a teacher and Mr. Meta, well, he keeps mentioning that he has servants. So I don't know what the hell he was doing. Um, (laughs) But, you know, they they are very adamant that they are Canadian and they love being Canadian. Um, so why don't we start with Kara? Why don't we start with you? What do you think? Well, I think, uh, I think this is, um, like an immigrant thing, just highlighting how, you know, when you come to Canada, a lot of times people that were doctors Mm -hmm. in other Mm -hmm. countries, they can't practice and the requirements are different. So they have to start from the bottom and it's hard because now they're working at, jobs where people don't realize who they were before and they Mm -hmm. have to prove themselves and they're dealing with the language barrier now and just trying to figure out how to fit in Mm -hmm. for sure no great point uh jay i can definitely see that even with a lot of my friends a lot of their parents uh came from um different countries and had different uh um, educational backgrounds like, such as doctors, dentists, lawyers, but then when they come over to Canada, they lose those credentials and a lot mm-hmm. of these people, they have to go back to school. So as they're going back to school, they're just taking, you know, any type of job out there like working at Tim Hortons or Starbucks or Walmart, um, starting all over again and trying to adapt to um, the, the Canadian culture, learning, learning the different um, – uh, practices, mm-hmm. holidays, and stuff. It's uh, it's a it's a culture shock again. It's like this. It's as if let's say we go to Korea. It's us trying to adjust to the culture there as well too. That's so. true. Yeah, yeah, I think I think this is definitely a Canadian thing. Or anyone moving, like Kara said, an immigrant. Anybody moving mm-hmm. to a different country, because especially for these types of very specific occupations you have to be accredited you have to understand that country's laws and how they practice certain things i mean one of our friends she used to study in canada i believe and then she went back to hong kong and got her license as a lawyer and when she came back to get married here she had to redo all of like her certifications because she couldn't practice law in canada as it's different from Mm -hmm. it is in hong kong because it's a different country right so I think this is just not necessarily Canadian, but like going to a different country altogether. If you have all these credentials and um, capabilities and you have a certain lifestyle, when you decide to uproot all of that, you do have to sort of change and start either from scratch or do something completely different. It's, it's, it's a funny uh, thing that they did with this scene. I'm just taking another take. Um, because most of the time I'll hear stories of my parents talk about their childhood and how things are so great uh, back at home. <laughs> but they've lived here so long. Like, I think my dad came here when he was 16 and my mom something around that age. And they've been here so long 
and they didn't go back for like 20 or 30 years but when they go back they're like oh things are so cramped and so loud and so polluted and without <laughs> them knowing they they they've kind of molded into this kind of canadian identity like they they're mm. no longer immigrants they're now canadians and um i imagine for them it must be a little bit sad because they're no longer part of their country now that they're canadian it's kind of like almost like they're in that transition of an identity, which is something we haven't gone through because we were all born in Canada, right? Right. So I found that uh, conversation between Mr. Meta and Napa really interesting that they added in that part. I feel like in that instance, they were rom- these like people like our parents are romanticizing yeah. their past lives. Yeah. Because now that they have the capability to compare like yeah the houses here are so much bigger like the living's different the air is so much cleaner those are things that you can't get back home either right yeah yeah and yeah, i remember um when uh carol when you went to teach in korea when mom went to visit when she came back she was like <laughs> oh i could never go back to korea too many people <laughs> so crowded <laughs> People seem so rude. Oh. There's a lot of uh, technology there, but it's just so compact and just too much things going on. It's mm. too overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I forgot yeah, that you went. To, I forgot you went to teach in Korea for a year. Yeah, and I think for me that was an interesting thing about identity because when I went over there, I I had taken like a year of Korean. And before that, you know, I went to Korean school as a kid, but I didn't learn enough <laughs> to become fluent because trying to be like all my friends who are white. Yeah. And so it was interesting because I would go over there and then people would assume that I was Korean Korean. Mm-hmm. And then they would hear my Canadian accent and it would just throw them off. <laughs> and at first... Oh? Canadian? Yeah, and at first... Exactly. And at first, I was like really nervous, thinking, "Oh, they're gonna judge me because mm-hmm. oh, I look Korean, but why don't I speak Korean?" Mm-hmm. But they're actually no really, shame. yeah, exactly. I thought there would be a lot of shame, mm-hmm. but um, when I was over there, everyone was interested in learning English, oh, and they were right. just excited, and they just wanted me to speak English so they could practice they could speaking English. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. That was the same yeah. in Japan when I went to teach. People just assumed I was Japanese and spoke Japanese to me. And I'm like, oh, crap. I don't speak fluently. <laughs> I only know certain phrases. But yeah, they some of them were very open. Um, mm-hmm. I guess Japanese culture is a little bit different. Some of them were very open and they were super excited. And it's like, oh, you speak English. And then they try to speak English. Of course, it was more broken than my Japanese. But mm-hmm. then for those that I guess were more judgy, and they're kind of like, oh, so you're not Japanese or you don't speak it. And yeah, we don't really want to talk to you. So I did get some of that. Hmm. I guess that's like all cultures. Uh, I mean, even if we think about places like Montreal. Oh, right. <laughs> in Canada, it's, oh yeah, you know, it's one of the most English speaking uh, cities or towns in Quebec. Yep. But, you know, if you speak English versus you speak French there, uh, they will treat you a little bit differently. Yeah, the service can be very different. <laughs> okay, uh, let's jump ahead to season four, Beacon of Truth. Amma and Appa are going to a costume party. Appa is in a, quote, 
Mexican gear, close quote. And Emma is a, is a <laughs> Bay Street uh, business person. Janet calls him out on cultural appropriation. But Appa says uh, she was doing cultural appropriation when she was wearing a hanbok because she's Canadian. Uh, who did we leave off with? Did we do Kara first? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm losing track here. Yeah. Okay, so why don't we start with Jay? <laughs> this, this episode always makes me laugh because it brings me back memories of when Kara and I were very young and my mom took us out trick-or-treating and she made us wear the humble. Make use of it. And that was like a typical Korean thing to do because I remember a lot of my mom's um, friends, fellow Korean store owners, um, they had their children wearing the same thing as well, too. So it was kind of like a Korean thing uh, for the kids to be wearing this type of traditional outfit going around trick or treating. And I remember even just um, when we were, as we're going house to house, hearing funny comments by some kids. Uh, going, oh, look at those geishas. Oh, are those fluorescent ninjas? <laughs> fluorescent ninjas? Oh, wow. man. <laughs> Humbugs are very wide, aren't they? Uh, I don't know. I guess they have baggy limbs. No, no but Is I'm just thinking, yeah, like people, ninjas. They're like wide wear, pants. Yeah. <laughs> the pants are wide. Like and Colorful yeah. MC hammers. <laughs> yeah. But I honestly think... That uh, the reason why they had us wear that is because they have all the different neon colors. So at nighttime, they wouldn't see a night. There's another purpose oh, right there. <laughs> <laughs> Solid points. Okay. So that's, that's killing two birds or one stone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, I think because they already had the Hun book, yeah. they, yeah. they're saving money. They have to come back costume. Yeah. It goes back to the point of, uh, yeah, that's. Wasting money on frivolous stuff. Yeah. For exactly. Sure. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, um, anything to add, Kara? Well, I think that it's funny Appa's calling Janet out because mm-hmm. I think he's kind of right. Because mm-hmm. in her situation, she was going to a party, like a Halloween party. Yeah, solid. Yeah. Yep. And, a, and usually like Halloween party, it's kind of just you're wearing costume. It's more to make fun of whatever you're being mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah i get what appa's saying mm-hmm. and i think with appa wearing the mexican gear like <laughs> we can look at justin trudeau doing brown face uh, yeah. years ago <laughs> yeah like nowadays you just you have to you have to be a bit more conscious of these things sensitive yeah, yeah. and i i get it whereas back then i would have been like oh yeah that's that's kind funny, of funny yeah. but now I understand. Like, it's, <laughs> you shouldn't really do that. <laughs> All right, Ruby. Um, yeah, like, I guess if Appa's calling Janet out, he's also being hypocritical because he's not admitting that yeah. he is yeah. doing cultural appropriation. Exactly. Whereas for Janet, I don't know her reason behind wearing the handbook. It's just it could have been just because like. I have it, I can be in something different and I don't have to go buy something new. It could be, it could just be that. Um, and for her, she feels I'm Korean, so I have the right to wear this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it made me think back to a time where when I came back from Japan, I bought a lot of yukatas, which are summer kimonos. And mm-hmm. my first Halloween party, I did wear a yukata to, to a Halloween party because <laughs> I was like, hey, I bought all these things and they're expensive. I'm never going to wear them again because it's not like I'm, there's any cultural event that I can attend, really. Right. So why am I wasting it? I don't wear the silk ones, but I was a ghost. Like, I had super long hair and, like, painted my face white and everything. So it wasn't... 
know. I just made me think about that, and I'm like, oh, so was I? Yeah. Like cultural appropriating. And that that reminds me of all the Halloweens that <laughs> maybe ten Halloweens that I was a ninja. So I, I, I apologize for these. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and the thing is, my parents. It wasn't because I wanted to be a ninja. Just because you know that one year I wanted to be a ninja, and then my parents like, nope, you're gonna be a ninja again. It's like I don't want to be a ninja. Nope, you're gonna make make the best use. Of the costume, uh, of the costume. <laughs> that we paid for. And then after that, it was yeah. like, oh, now I'm a ninja turtle. So yeah. <laughs> the mention of the humbuck also reminded me of our first birthdays. And I'm sure Jay and Kara can relate to this because we all have photos of it. Where we're all dressed up in humbucks uh, with our relatives all standing around this food set up on the table. And then us in the middle of it on our like kid seat crying our eyes Whoa. out there's yeah. never a happy photo of these really no and we're surrounded by like trays of fruit and, cakes, and like a... rice cakes watermelon yeah, the exactly. rice cake. and then certain certain cases sometimes they have money out <laughs> so i wonder if in that case like i wonder if that kind of counts for culture appropriation too no no, no i guess it's a your parents event. are trying to dress you as your culture what okay. they yeah, and the first birthday is a huge celebration tradition yeah. in Korea. But if it was, yeah, like a white person doing it, then that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's always a time and place for these things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think it all depends on the context. Like for a college party, you know, some of the costumes. Yeah. <laughs> but here's, like the here's a question. One and then. Because I think yeah. you've done this too, Kara. If you were going yeah. to like an Indian wedding, would you wear a sari? Because I had a friend who bought me a sari and it was, an ev- it was an event, I think, for her kids. And she was like, oh, feel free to wear this. You know, we're all wearing saris. And I was the only Chinese person. But <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, that just, was a little weird. the context of this, Kara's husband is... Yes, Indian. Is Indian. But I think, I think you've been to weddings. And his name isn't Raj. I just want to no. add that in. <laughs> cultural misappropriation (laughs) i think in that case you know it's well they offered and it's indian weddings it's like a huge event in their life Mm -hmm. i think that's more showing respect too Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. versus a halloween party where it's just you know you're wearing it for the sake of getting drunk (laughs) (laughs) i think people could take it a little too far when you go to let's say a martial arts studio everyone's wearing geese or taekwondo uniforms it's part Mm. of the um it's part of the culture it's part of it's like a uniform that you wear it's like yeah when when you go to work you have a certain way you have to dress it's that's true Mm -hmm. that's right right? time and place yeah yeah there's it all depends on the situation Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, and speaking of uh, Taekwondo uniforms, that was for five years as well. So that covers all my <laughs> Halloween costumes. <laughs> exactly, same money. <laughs> yeah, you went from a ninja to ninja turtle to a Taekwondo master. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so last point that I have here in season four, um, there's a girl who comes into the store and she she's getting treated by her mother for getting an A. And, of course, I'm on up. I'm not impressed. They don't really care. Uh, so they tell the Janet, <laughs> we love you. We help you not dream too big so you won't be disappointed. Uh, so is this an Asian, Canadian, or comedy thing? Um, I have a quick question. I thought she got a C and they were treating her and they were like, you're impressed by that? 
Or was that a different Shoot. episode? Uh, no, that was a different thing. That oh, okay, was a math sorry. thing. Because I remember that one. Sorry. Uh, shoot. Did she get an A? <laughs> <laughs> she did. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think so. And then, yeah, they, they, sorry, they were, they were praising her. Um, but then Janet was kind of like, how come you've never been that nice to me? Something like oh, that. Oh, okay. So yeah. it was a different and I, Oh, I think the parents were also saying, oh, you can oh, be anything right. you want right. to be. That was it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when we start with Kara while we're on this, um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I know for me, I can totally relate. Like my parents... <laughs> it's it's weird because my dad growing up would always tell me, "Oh, you should you should become a nun." <laughs> what? It wasn't what? The typical <laughs> a nun? Yeah, it wasn't the typical. Oh, you should be a doctor oh. or, or a lawyer. It's very different. <laughs> he was kind of half joking. <laughs> Maybe you know to make sure that I go to heaven and my soul would be okay. You know, <laughs> guarantees. <laughs> okay. And and I think. The other thing with my parents, they're always very realistic. Yes. Mm. Um, my dad really tried to make me play the guitar and take guitar lessons. Oh. Mm. And then in high school in band, I started playing the flute and I would come home and practice. Mm. And then my dad would just tell me, just stop practicing, okay? Like, you're not good. Oh, no. Stick to the guitar. Yeah. Truth bombs from dad. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. Like, I didn't really enjoy playing the flute. I, I didn't. I didn't get very good. Oh. A lot of times it was going on the band trips that was the incentive for me to stay in the band, <laughs> not actually playing the instrument. Mm. <laughs> and so I I think that a lot of times Asian parents, yeah, they're way more realistic. Yes, yes. Compared to a lot of, you know, Caucasian Canadian parents. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Uh, Jay, anything to add? I think what a lot of Asian parents are very blunt, mm-hmm. very black and white when it comes to certain answers. Like, for example, I remember when, um, I took a music class when I was in grade 12, and uh, the instrument I had to learn to play was a trumpet. No matter how hard I practiced, I sucked. So my dad was like, <laughs> okay, that's enough. I don't understand why you took the music class and why you're playing such a stupid instrument. You're practicing and you're not getting any better. You should have stuck with gym class because you're all into bodybuilding <laughs> and martial arts. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, and that's my dad being practical, being real, being straight, black and white, blunt, no filter. <laughs> but, I'm, you know, in a lot of cases, I find um, with a lot more traditional Asian parents, they're very strict about, oh, you should have an all A's, A plus on report card. Oh, yeah, mm. definitely. So you can become a doctor or lawyer, yep. become successful, make a lot of money because a best grades means a best job, means a best life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like, well, for me, it's like Chinese parents, they're kind of polarizing. They're very blunt, like Jay says, and they'll tell you things where it's like, oh, yeah, you're not good at that, so why are you bothering Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't encourage, they don't encourage the arts as much, definitely. But yet they do expect you to get A's yeah. no matter what, and become like these like doctors and lawyers and accountants, like the 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 five occupations that they think are the best occupations. So even though they don't tell you you can achieve anything you want, 
but it's more so they want you to achieve everything that they want. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I find that a little bit polarizing. And growing up, um, I pushed myself in getting good grades, but I took the courses that I wanted to take. So languages and arts and things like that. And my mom didn't have that much of, I guess, an opinion because she was so busy making money. Um, I remember though, when she had a bit of a relief um, when I went to university because I had OSAP and everything and she didn't need to worry as much about me. Um, she started worrying about my grades. And as we all know, high school versus university oh, yeah. is very different. Yeah. <laughs> Just because you're an AA plus student in high school doesn't mean it's going to be the same oh, when God. you're in university. So she started questioning, asking why I was getting, I wasn't getting A pluses anymore or like some courses I might've gotten a B and she was just like, are you like distracted by boys? And it's like, no, mom, university is just not the same thing. <laughs> it's like, stop getting on my case now. It's like, you didn't care when I was a kid or you didn't have time to care. Don't impose this on me now. <laughs> I think just to speak about the parents and their mentality with all that, it's just because they... I mean, they, again, they came to this country probably with nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, if they had skills, they probably had to abandon those skills just to make ends meet. So a lot of their practicality comes in pushing those kind of practicality things onto us is a lot of uh, for us to avoid that same kind of work and suffering and whatever, because they've worked so hard to build this kind of life for us so that we didn't have to go through it. So, right. um, you know, kind of hoping that you guys get the better case scenario than we did. Rather than doing what you love and succeeding in what you love. Well, the difference <laughs> is when I talk to like second generation parents, um, they're a little more open minded about it. Second generation as in like people our age or? No, well, oh. uh, well, even people in the previous like our parents age, but like second generation Chinese Oh, like if their parents were if the their first parents generation, were the okay, first generation but yeah. like, you know, 25 years before our parents, mm -hmm. uh, their mindset's a little bit different, uh, sure. where they're more established in their roots and their kids. Uh, I find that their kids are a lot, the third generation kids are a lot less stressed. They're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> our parents don't really care just it's as like, long as we do something. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So thanks again for joining us, Jay and Kara. Yeah. Glad to be on the show. Yeah. It's fun. Always a good time on here. So if you have any comments, questions, or stories to share, tweet me at MikeYUAN82. And now a message from our sponsor. Tiger Vin Ointment, made from naturally sourced 100% white vinegar. It's a non-GMO, vegan-friendly, keto-diet-friendly. Use on legs after a strenuous game of soccer. Use on elbows after a powerful game of a ping-pong. Slip it in your wetsuit to help ease the pain of getting it off after scuba diving. Use all over your body after some seductive booty shaking. Can be used as a powerful cleaning solution for stubborn stains, even on fur coats. Can be used for flavor enhancing in your favorite Korean cuisine. Stink out the pain with a Tiger Vein ointment. Now found in the pharmacy section of your favorite Asian supermarkets. Until the next time. Okay, okay. see you. See you.